Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and... Uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. So there we have it, uh, Conan and Jerry. We have Cora Finn, the greatest club team of all time not the greatest club of all time because Nemo still are, are that um, they have seven all-earns Cross McGlenn have six Corrafin have five but they have three in a row it's never been done Jar. super uh, achievements unbelievable achievements and, and, and fair play to them they had to dig it out um, a couple of their, their games this year maybe outside of the all-earns semi-final against Nemo but they, they had to dig it out work hard and uh, in fairness to keep that level of focus uh, with a club team for three years in a row, it's it's just it's unbelievable, and we know the GA season. It's not twelve months; it's it's, it's longer than twelve months as well. So. Yeah, it's phenomenal, and they're coming through uh, Galway Championship, which they're nearly getting caught in the last two county finals. They went to replays. We know Connacht traditionally is a very difficult uh, provincial championship. Mayo champions are always strong, so they're not breezing to any of this, you know. And they've beaten every team. They've destroyed Doctor Crokes. They've destroyed Nemo. They've destroyed Slocknail. They didn't destroy Kilku because Kilku will talk about that when we analyse the game. This Bet St. Vincent's you, well. Whether you like it or not, they beat St. Vincent's in yeah. that semi-final. So they've beaten a who's who, really, of all the top clubs in the country. Yeah, no, they, they certainly have. They've, uh, uh, you know, in 10, 15 years' time when these lads are uh, sitting on the bar stools reflecting mm. on the success and the achievements that they uh, have uh, have earned. It's, 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 it is incredible. And, and uh, I know we talked about Dublin the five in a row inter-county level, but to win three in a row at a club level it's it's it's, it's superb it is because we know the very top players play inter-county <coughs> and you know it's the difference between amateur and professional and inter-county players have that mentality that professional kind of attitude and preparation club players generally don't have that so to come back three in a row at a club level like that you know that is phenomenal because by the nature of it you've got a few lads on your club team that are like ah we may get these lads up training you know you have to struggle sometimes to get them you know so that just shows kind of in that context how amazing an achievement this is no it certainly is and listen to Kevin O'Brien kind of talking after the game he, he, he gave a fair bit of credit to previous mentors of the senior team but also to the underage setup and the culture that they are trying to breed uh, and instill in the up and coming players where it is about playing for Cora Finn playing for the Parish and uh, uh, to try to get onto a senior team and to win in All-Ireland is, is a goal and a hope that they do put in their uh, younger players, and that's obviously paying dividends then at the at the top end. But again, how they're doing it year on year, it's it's it is incredible. Yeah, it definitely is. Kevin O'Brien, their manager, Conan said afterwards, "I think we were, the way we won that final is as sweet as any of the other victories that we've had over the last two years." And that's obviously true. When the final whistle goes in a game that you have to fight for, rather than the Doctor Crokes yeah. Nemo Rangers one, they were over in the second half, and you can look up into the stand or whatever you do. Um, 
But like, I mean, this turned toxic towards the end. Like, I mean, this, it, it probably started with Dylan Ward's uh, second yellow, which both yellows for me weren't even yellows. No, I, I, I agree. Like the first yellow, I think Conor Lane saw somebody go down. It was a Corrifin for Dylan Wall. Dylan Wall. Dylan Wall. Dylan Wall got on both yellows. Yeah. Like so, it was, originally it was some Corfin player putting out his hand, and that hit Dylan Wall's face, and Wall went down, and Ward's hand happened to be on Wall at the same time, and Connor Lane came down and gave me a yellow card. The second one, I think I saw you tweeting saying about the player like Wall smaller, just a hard tackle. Put his two hands out. Yeah, it was a hard kind of tackle at a normal level for a tall man like Wall. We or like Ward. Well, we chatted about the tackle and how it's interpretive uh, going yeah. into this game, and. I'm going to slightly disagree with you right on a second yellow anyway um, I didn't think it was a yellow um, but based on how the referee is applying the rules and Conor Lane was applying the rules Dylan Ward had to be a bit more sensible going in and because he went in at such pace you're just not getting away with those type of collisions anymore no. in Gaelic games yeah. and I know it's, a, it's an all-earned final and second half his balls are thrown in He did just have say. his hands out to either side which is pretty much what mm. you're kind of told to do you know like it was He kind of what's uh, sorry the, the, the other Dylan Dylan Wall As he difficult he these two off. names <laughs> like what are the there's chances only, There's only enough room for one Dylan on the field <laughs> but, but he kind of caught him on the top of the shoulder uh, as you say Willie, and, and the hand came in the hand just slid up and Colum, it's a, it's a very soft yellow. I, yeah. I, I can see why Conor Lane gave the yellow. Yeah. It's a very soft yellow, but in an all earned bloody final on 34 minutes, you don't give that yellow. No, don't you, don't you not? You can't give that yellow. The chap's crying up in the stand. And the first one, Dylan Wall sold him up the river. He got put a hand on his chest and he fell down. Yeah. Now, that's not good enough in an all earned final. And one I would plead with the analysts on TV this year please highlight these dives because this is creeping in. You yeah. can't tackle anyone above the stomach anymore or they're going down and they're, they're, they're trying to get uh, f- you know uh, team the opposition teammates yellow card or red card and I don't want to go too hard on Dylan Wall because they're all at it they're all at it we talk about it start highlighting this and start shaming the lads that are doing it well Corfin adopted the dark arts very well and that probably ties in with Kevin O'Brien's comments probably that you read out yeah, yeah. in it being a sweet victory playing uh, somewhat unorthodox for Corfin and that they were happy to keep possession go left and right and kind of probe and prod and see what happens but they were happy enough to be sneaky as well and to be clever and try to con the ref in the same way a lot of the northern teams that's a part of their game too they go in put the head in try to bring about a, a foul the shoes on the other foot on this occasion but do you still feel bad for Dylan Moore being put off in all our final of course you do Yeah. Um, but he as a player has to unfortunately take responsibility for the inac- uh, inadequacies of a referee which yeah. again, they do make errors and Connor Lane I've seen him play uh, ref Sigerson finals again with UCD he's had a few club finals and all our uh, finals as well and I don't know how he gets these games yeah I don't know how he can he didn't look like he was one of the top referees it was almost like a a referee on his way up and he lost a bit of control you know what I mean it got that impression from him he has this really annoying habit as well of taking his sweet time over every decision I think he thinks it makes it seem like he's in control and especially in injury time at the very end it's like hurry the hell up like you know just walking down and like we'll do this in my terms what did he bring the free up for so Dara Silk Corrafin were, were I think they were letting themselves down a bit at this stage now they were going for the three in a row Michael Farragher could have got a straight red I think he got a second yellow but that was a dirty uh, punch and it wasn't a punch in the face but it was a good punch into the stomach yeah. or wherever he gave it then Dara Silk blatantly drags his man down and I, I hate seeing that I don't care you can, you can be a little bit cleverer about it than just grabbing his jersey and pull it anyways um, then that was outside the 45 
then suddenly I don't know that we see enough of this on TV because I rewinded it and people on Twitter were telling me someone kicked the ball away I didn't see that and the next minute I think it's Conor Laverty has it in his hands and Lee and all of a sudden yeah. as Dara Silk walking off now unless Dara Silk said something Lane just gets this shock and it suddenly runs the ball up maybe 20 metres. Yeah. Now, now the ball's gone from well outside the 45 to the top of the D. It's a tap yeah. over free. No, like, I, I did see someone like knock the ball. They pointed it out of a Kilku player's that hand. That must have been a good bit earlier, was it? Like, no, it was I mean, a, after the foil and how was Donald Brannigan? I think he got up and then, like someone just you know, points the ball away and it went down the pitch a little bit. So I could see why he moves it forward. Now, it was 55. It was exactly 55 metres out the foil because it was between the 45 and 65. But then, as you say, it was hit from the D, so it was like at least 20 metres taken forward. I think what it was. Like he brought it forward 13, but by the time it's taken. Now, most people watching the game would have been willing to kill Koo on at that stage. Yeah. They were a man down. Corofin were playing terribly, and Kilku, to be fair, looked like they were the ones that were going to go, try and go on and win it. So, like, I mean, and they got 10 minutes of extra time, Jared. Just we won't get into analysing it yet. 10 minutes in ze- instead of five. Lane did everything he could for them. <laughs> maybe he was making up for the second yellow, was he? Yeah, uh, the sending off. Maybe, the yeah. Maybe. Um, super, super uh, free from Paul Devlin and Fairness. Mm. He showed great leadership. Kicked a couple of great frees during, during that but game. Had missed a really easy one not long before yeah. that one. So there was a lot of pressure. Even though it was a simple free, like at that level for a for a, a, your club free taker, top of the D, you have to be tapping it over. I was nervous because yeah. of the one he had missed just before that. Yeah, and again, just, just kind of noting it down, Conor Laverty, Daryl Brannigan and then Paul Devon, they were the last uh, three points in normal time for Kilkeel uh, to get it back, uh, well, to get it to extra time, but uh, they missed two or three chances as well. Laverty missed one and, and Devon missed as well. I don't know what, there was one other opportunity Eugene Brannigan missed Eugene one Eugene yeah. Brannigan in was as well. that the block from Sice so oh, that was another was one another that was a brilliant <laughs> block <laughs> yeah. 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 so that was four other opportunities mm-hmm. in, in, in the last 20 minutes so to speak that they uh, well including the 10 minutes of uh, extra time yeah who kicked it away you would say that before we get into that lads I want to talk about the Corofin Dark Arts because we mentioned Dara Silk Blackhard we mentioned um Martin Farrah or Michael Farraher getting sending off then uh, Michal Lundy was up to all sorts so he was so he was holding on to Eugene Brannigan by the by the jersey the other player I saw doing this before was Dear McConnelly who was doing it I think he had two Carlo players one, one, <laughs> one or he had two Mayo players in Croke Park one with each jersey and they were boxing his arm and they couldn't get a stop <laughs> I was just like what would you do in that situation he has a great tight grip you can't get him off you so Conor Gilligan goes running in obviously to try and get Lundy off this off this young fella and Lundy goes holding him yeah. now Lundy's holding the two of these lads and it just looked terrible and you know then not long after that then Lundy's running off the field gives one of the Kilku lads a dunt in the tunnel and didn't look behind him because there were about eight <laughs> Kilku lads running in after him like, and I was just like Geez, that's very unlike Cara Finn like, but that kind of stuff is obviously in every team we've seen Mayo doing it we've seen Dublin doing it we've seen Kerry doing it like, is this what winners do Ger? It's a case of you do what you have to do to win sometimes. Um, the the morality behind it, if you want to get philosophical, is it, it, kind of questionable and, and debatable. But I suppose in uh, Corfin's heads, and again, uh, huge, um, uh, what would you call it, re- reward at stake, three in a row, all earned champions. Um, they're going to do what whatever needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bit of nerves that creep in then again towards the end of the game. Um, there's, a, there's a great scene where the at the end of normal time where the Kukiu guys are running in I think it's, a, it's an official from Crow Park uh, steps out um, on the camera and he's standing in the middle of the tunnel 
trying to uh, slow the cool, cool lads sprinting in but uh, they all just went around <laughs> yeah, yeah. there was there was a bit of messing but Did then you I see think the Cora Finn boy jumping over the rails like yeah, he yeah. went like he went over the top ropes yeah, in the wrestling yeah. Like, yeah. yeah it was amazing landing because by the time he landed he was he had ra- run but I was expecting Lundy to come out at extra time with his face all burst open because he was stranded like I mean that's very 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 dangerous and usually one team stands aside now and lets the other team in mm. but the the end of that game turned toxic let's be mm. honest and both teams were at it now we know we'd be a little bit harder on Cara Finn because they were more obvious but there was a lot of trash talking and there was a lot of messing going on in the field and for two teams who have never played each other before it looked like they hated each other now going in off the pitch at that stage Lundy was the one clearly on the camera that was at fault he gave him a dunt now he was followed by five lads how did he not get burst down there don't or know, maybe, maybe, maybe they had a good corner man a, a good cut man, man inside the dressing room he was the right man to jump he was in. the right man to help him out Yeah, maybe there was so many people in there that it was hard to get a, a get a good swing in Wally I don't know yeah. but yeah. Uh, he always got away with it he got away but it, it, when that extra time started then and then you're coming out for the extra time it felt like a local club match where the two teams hated each other and you were thinking Jesus mm. this could all kick off didn't it like for two teams that never would have no rivalry together yeah and like this happened at half time as well like the very first half time you know it was was a 3-2 two, two to Kilku at half time and like the Kilku boys were laughing in their faces as they were going in and yeah. there was a bit of after there was a lot of that going on yeah. getting in their faces and stuff and maybe Corafin lost their discipline because I, of that they looked really rattled like and then the fact that they were three points up and then blew that and like as you said Kilku should have won at, by full time and then that fight as well you're right when he came back out you thought anything could happen here and I can see why Kevin O'Brien is then saying like this was a, a sweeter one because yeah, it's more like, when you beat your rivals and it's a tough fighting game like that Yeah. yeah. in the end that bit of a mill at the end of normal time seemed to take the uh, uh, zap a lot of energy out of the mm. guys because uh, obviously when the ball threw up for the first period of extra time game was over after couple of minutes like, you know, yeah, complete, but, uh, completely over and that was the hard part to understand now I was very critical of Kiku not how to set up they're perfectly right to set up like that but they should have won that game in normal time by f- throwing caution to the wind and just going at Corafin and Corafin were so off form they were there mm. for the taking yeah. now Conor Laverty kicked in a terrible terrible wide he'll have nightmares about that I did it myself in the final and I still think about into the goalie's hands and I'll never forgive myself for it uh, like we said Brannigan did it and Devlin did it they were by far the better team and the only team that looked like they were going to win only they didn't couldn't get the ball over the bar now in the second period of in the first period of extra time what did they do they reverted back to dropping off Curra Finn and allowing them have the ball and Curra Finn you know used their experience and were outstanding with it you'd have to say in extra time I was just like Kilku if they started this extra time with the same kind of tactics where they'd, they'd abandoned all kind of because you know kind of tactics they were just mm. blindly trying to hunt them down and get back into this game there was there was a notable um, change in, 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 in Kilku's uh, set up 55 minutes in, in normal time and there were points uh, or two down chasing the game and you can see Noel McAvoy who's playing sweeper for most mm. of the 50 odd minutes before that he ends up stepping up onto a Corfield man and his man for man and like you said, they yeah. began to engage Corfin. Uh, because Corfin were taking the piss out of them there for a little yeah. period in the second half, weren't they? They were. They were uh, and it was only when Kukou stepped up and put pressure on them. Yeah. And they had the fitness to, to stay with them. They began to force Corfin in, uh, into errors. And obviously, they created a couple of opportunities. Well, we're counting maybe seven in total, including the, the Gary Sois block. Yeah. Uh, they took three of them um, in the latter stages of normal time. But uh, they obviously made a decision then um, in the dressing room that we'll go back to. 
That's what, what lost them the game. Me, Whether you yeah. like it or not. What would you do there, Ger? Like, you have the momentum. The team that draws the game usually, car- you know, carries on. The other team's deflated. Why go back to standing off them? It's given back the impetus back to Cora Finn. It's, it's, it's a tough one. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, the manager obviously has to make a call based on his intuition, maybe. And he says, right, we'll go back to how we were setting up at the start of a uh, normal period. Now, something we did mention in the first half, uh, uh, Cora Finn had uh, two great goal chances that yeah. were saved but uh, what's it, Martin McCourt I think if those chances had gone in mm. potentially the game could have been up would have been different but, yeah. but uh, would have been uh, would have been up but again the cuckoo they stood back first period normal time Michael Lundy throws a was it a shot was it was a pass I'm not sure but uh, a bit of luck for Cora Finn and uh, Kieran Cunningham puts oh no it came off the post that came back yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and there was no idea of a foul it was a perfectly legitimate goal but isn't Connor like, Cunningham sorry yeah, same, yeah yeah but like the idea that it didn't go for it an extra time is weird because usually the first half of extra time decides extra time here for wins yeah. that usually goes on and wins and they normally win by three points by half time of extra time so you really should be going all out in that period because if yeah. you're if you're going in they were seven points down but if you're getting three points down with ten minutes left normally you're beaten yeah and especially next round but one thing uh, stood out for me in the extra time is number one they went back camping and now Currafin were playing on the outside of them where in the last ten minutes they couldn't do that Currafin were panicked on the ball mm. and I think it was McAvoy ran up the field they got a breakaway in the first period of extra time and there was nobody up with him and he ended up trying to give a diagonal kicked ball it, yeah. and kicked it over the end line. Cora Finn come out didn't do anything majorly fast took the free kick took the kick out and it was conceded as Cora F- or Kilku were up there waiting for him I was like lads that's not what got you here like yeah. the, the one thing as that was very disappointing from a Kilku and I think when you look at it you've just drawn with Cora Finn you've 20 minutes for this do what worked you know I know I know understand that you'll say this is hindsight but I remember shouting at the television Kilku you're not going back to what you know given them possession yeah the only thing I can think of is it worked for the first 30 minutes they were 3-2 th- yeah. up and they were thinking oh, we've got 15 men again at extra time we'll go back to yeah. that I can see probably how they justified it in the dressing room you can see how they justified but Colin you're, you made a fair point there um, when you 60 minutes are up guys are tired you're fatigued right if you if you decide then in the dressing room we're going to play our defensive with our uh, system with our sweepers all of a sudden you know that uh, as a defender I have an extra couple of guys around me so I can relax a tiny bit as opposed to we're going to play a high press game push yeah. up on your man you're actually mentally engaged straight away it's a one on one so to speak situation with bit, maybe a bit of cover yeah. on the far side and like you say buddy, hindsight is, uh, is foresight but that was the call they made would they have done it differently uh, I don't know but uh, at the same time a fair bit of luck for Cora Finn to get the goal too a bit, a bit of luck yeah definitely luck off that but how many goals come off a ball dropping short or off yeah. the post you have to be alive to that and maybe Brannigan should have been a bit stronger or maybe tap it back to his goalkeeper you know or mm. something like yeah. that but at the same time Cora Finn were excellent in that first half they were doing what they didn't do the whole game they were supporting the man on the ball they were getting through Kilku and like I mean for the first 60 minutes lads Cora Finn were as poor as you ever see because this isn't the first time they faced a very defensive team Kaku did exactly what they should have done Kevin O'Brien said um, the Cora Finn manager he said in the other finals we went out and we were let play football that was the way the other teams set up today was probably a bit more defensive it was hard to get scores out there Kaku were very well drilled and set up and they tried to hit you on the break we know that and like let's be honest Dr. Crokes would never play like that Nemo would never play like that they're very uh, traditional you know teams their supporters wouldn't really appreciate that mm. I'm, I'm sure Kilku set up the way they should have set up they were right mm. and, they, and they did frustrate Cora Finn. why go out and try and do what other teams 
couldn't do and get hammered. I had no problem with that. But still, Corafin have faced this before. It's not the first time. Yeah. Corafin were just off form. They look lethargic. They look like maybe all they thought they could do was show up. Their passes were going astray. They weren't breaking lines. They weren't supporting Amanda Ball. They were very, very poor, Corafin. Yeah. Well, like two of the teams who've had the best success <laughs> against Corafin over the last few years have been <coughs> Mount Bellevue, Moylock, and Tomb Stars. And so we can see exactly why Kilku thought, yeah, we'll, we'll do what they were doing. But if there was ever a day to catch Corafin, and this is why I do agree that Kilku oh, could have been braver. Like, yeah. yeah. Especially. Like, it even shows you what seven minutes to go like with all that extra time that was played Kilku had all the ball they had all the chances yeah. if they had a, had a been a bit braver and did that for an extra five minutes they would yeah. have had a few more chances yeah. and that and that high press that Kilku employed in the last period mm. of uh, normal time the last 10-15 minutes worked quite well for them and kind of caught Corfin out they weren't expecting it yeah. Yeah. so maybe they should have done what wasn't expected whereas Corfin were probably expecting to sit back again exactly know? there's a great desperation about that <coughs> lads when you're trying to get back in it. like Dublin against Kerry in those last 12 minutes when they just their five in a row was, looked like it was gone and they just Cluxton comes out marks a man and everyone else just get that yeah. ball back you know what I mean yeah. there was an element of Kilku just Jesus get and then that kind of savage work rate puts kind of serious pressure on Cara Finn they were like whoa we can't even yeah. break or get the ball out of our own half yeah because when you're the team is chasing everybody will show for the ball and they'll all try to do something but when you're hanging on to a one point lead you don't want to make the mistake so then suddenly there are less options on the ball and when you've got everybody in Kilku pushing up trying to get the ball back it's harder to keep holding yeah. no, Cara Finn went 22 minutes at the end of normal time without scoring Jesus. they went 7-4 up and then went out of the game out of it and Kilku had 14 men yeah. now with Kilku's tactics I don't know the sending off have a huge bearing on the game it's not like if it's man on man and there's clearly a spare man when you're playing a very defensive system a man going off the pitch isn't the, I don't know does but it have the, the same kind of impact on the game well Corfin basically went to having a, a plus one at the back to when uh, Dylan Ward was put off to having kind of nearly plus two at the back so they were set up for the counter attack if they were turned over but uh they obviously decided they were going to be extremely patient regardless of what the score was it was going to be a soccer mm. score as it was reading a report afterwards just, just a, a statistic from the game uh, Corfin scored won four in the first period of extra time and they scored seven points in the uh, whole thing, 70 yeah. odd minutes yeah. of, which is uh, which it's is, incredible, yeah, it incredible Ian, yeah. Ian Burke not in the game Martin Farrer not in the game Michal Lundy running around but not really he's tracking Bra- one of the Brannigan Daryl Brannigan sometimes Sice was tracking him other times he wasn't in it uh, Mark, Mike Farrer wasn't in it Gary Sice didn't score from play I don't think he even had a shot from play Jason Leonard got one point from play that's the Corafin incredible forward line that we rave about isn't that unreal like I mean if Kilku imagine you tell Kilku on Saturday Corafin will score seven only one of their score forwards will score one point from play <laughs> Kilku would be saying we're all Ireland champions here yeah you still have to right looking at the scores from both sides right uh, Kilku only had three scores in total and Corfin had eight different scores yeah three of Corfin's yeah. back scored yeah which is great you've, you've what Carl Sice Liam Silk has popped up a few times Dylan Wall too uh, Roland Steele who, Steele who we haven't really mentioned too much we'll mention him in performance, performance the weekend, okay yeah. fair enough yeah, yeah uh, no. he had a super game but uh, Kilku you still need a couple of guys kind of popping up and taking a couple of scores Ryan Johnson had a very very quiet game for Kilku he was very poor taken off taken and off to be honest well, as yeah. Jerome was de- desperate as well like, yeah. this account, I've been critical of Jerome before I don't see a county player in him lads Jerome had a couple of shots where I was thinking is that really on like it would be a sensational score this is twice like if, if you got it over and both times pulled that didn't have the legs yeah. like, it's just come on that's not a county player at that level it's yeah. just not and not a county player that trades off 
being able to score and decision making then as well uh, is what separates a lot of good club players mm. from decent county players too and, and uh, he showed a, lot, a lack of uh, good decision making in those uh, situations described coming too yeah so it's hard to know it was an end look considering the last two finals which were terrible it wasn't I saw a lot of people giving out you know the hurling snobs will always say with Damien Hayes on next yeah, she's, yeah. how could you watch this after watching the last match you <laughs> yeah, know etc I still Jesus I, no one was turning it off no. towards the end either at the same time so like I mean I don't know I prefer Kilcoo to have gone out and made a game of it like that than, than Dr. Croak's folding yeah. you know well, on, on the, with Damien Hayes, what do you make sure you correct him? They're two different sports, right? Hurling and <laughs> you got to compare a hurling game to a hurling game. <laughs> True. It's like comparing I mean, Damien rugby baseball, to rugby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In fairness to Damien, that, like, yeah. I mean, he didn't say this. He's, yeah. just gonna, he's gonna come on maybe representing these yeah, people. Yeah. Um, so but it's intense because it, it was quite tactical, Wally. Um, you could see how both teams were setting up certainly in the first uh, two periods of normal time. Uh, both teams were nearly trying not to make a mistake at the same time I would argue if, if, if um, it was Michal Lundy or Martin Farher's goals went in the first yeah. half which were great opportunities uh, they attacked the flanks of uh, Kilkew I, I would question whether the game would have gone to extra time but then again mm. um, yeah. Kilkew kicked a few wides as well but that was a quality thing too like I mean the, the, there's another Johnston the little corner forward uh, Ryan Johnston he would a bad wide or two in the first half but he's yeah. a club player I'd be more like he's got a good bit of pace about him to be yeah. fair um, in, like it, the, the free count this was an incredible stat at the end of normal time the free count was 23 fouls for Corrafin 11 fouls for Kilkew yeah. it's bizarre and you'd, you, would, you would probably expect it to be the other way you would have yeah. the Northern teams uh, set up so uh, either Kilku just completely got under their skin didn't <laughs> 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 careful there yeah. the uh, Corfin just uh, Corfin did to Kilku what Kilku had probably done to a lot of teams yeah. that uh, they were very content in uh, adapting and evolving their, their style of football to play not so, so as not to play to the strengths of, of uh, Kilku and what are the strengths of Kilku Forced the ball carrier into the contact in the middle of the pitch, turned him over, and off we go. Mm. But Cora Finn just they took their sweet ass time, but they weren't bothered by the clock, so to speak. Yeah, I think in fairness to Cora Finn with that stat, is it easier to be foiling when Kilku are running the ball? They didn't even have Connor Lafferty up top, so they're running all the time, so there's more tackles being put in. Whereas Cora Finn will try and kick it a bit more and give Kilku less opportunities. Maybe there, maybe there was something, maybe there was a little bit in that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a tendency to to foul someone who's breaking with the ball rather than someone who's just playing around outside you. Mm. I, w- I was going to maybe you can. Uh, Remember yourselves, but but where were most of those fouls being being made by Corfin? I wonder, and you've probably been said in the dressing room. When does the referee book the forward? Very rarely, he'd book yeah. the back a bit quicker. So um, I must look back on it. But maybe a lot of the fouls from Corfin were in Kilku's half to allow their players slow to play down and allow yeah. their own players to, to to filter back. But it was certainly strategic. They definitely would have talked about. It, I would assume. Yeah, they definitely would. So performance of the weekend, lads. I actually, it's hard to find anyone that can even compete with Ronan Steed. Like, I mean, this was an incredible performance by him. And this is a fella who doesn't play for Galloway at all. This is a fella who was spot, who went out and played semi-professional uh, with a club out in Australia after being spotted playing with Curra Finn. 
right went out there and played I think he played under 16 with Galway hasn't played anything else with Galway for me Galway's best midfield partnership is Dotty Burke and Ronan <laughs> Steed like I'm not yeah. going to lie like when you think about the three points this lad kicked like this is fairy tale stuff and this is when no one else is performing he's the only one that stood up and that's in the first half when they're under immense pressure yeah. the start of the second half when it's like someone lay down a marker here quick scores another screamer now these are screamer mm, points yeah. these are boomers and then uh, sets the tone then an extra time with another bloody screamer this is an incredible performance by this fella and this isn't just an isolated brilliant game this is a club player who consistently performs for Corrafin yeah a uh, super super player uh, again you've, you've, you've probably said it all there Woolly, the quality of his points um, his, his striking of the ball um, he's just a, a lovely skillful footballer uh, he, he he plays hard he he works hard and when the opportunities were there he was happy to take them um, I'm not sure which was it maybe his second point he was just came inside kicking into the canal and he just came inside the 45 mm. yard line yeah. kicking over uh, a would be blocker that was an outrageous point in as well the first one was that 22 minutes maybe or 25 minutes yeah. um, on the instep of the right foot as well but uh he just had an all-round super performance. Um, yeah. Maybe the lads will have to look at him. Uh, Paul Joyce and John Dibley. He'd have to. He's 28 yeah. now. He's still young. He's still young. Yeah. Like, I mean, how how is this lad... Maybe he's just no interest in playing county. We need to find out why mm. he hasn't. Because, like, surely to God, this fella... And it's a position on the field where Galway... Like, they have Flynn and O'Corrine and these lads can be muscled out of it. Steve doesn't mm. get muscled out. Now, we know Dottie Burke will only play hurling. But, like, I mean... You would be delighted if you had the two of them at senior inter county level. Yeah, he'd definitely be camping outside his, his door now, like just to try and get him get him on board. And it looked like he was playing a in a different day than everybody else. Like it, the weather when he was kicking the ball <laughs> didn't look the same. It looked like he wasn't part of that team because everybody was having a shocking performance and then he just come up from 45 yeah. yards he was the one only one playing like Cara Finn yeah, and the other 14 it. were playing like some other club that has never <laughs> won an all <laughs> like, I mean, it's such a weird one but like I mean when you t- when you look at it just to finish up here lads people complain about some people will complain about not enough Cara Finn lads being on the Galway team who gets on that Galway team who walks onto that Galway team it, well, Ian Burke needs to improve his form big time we know he's an all-star he will be on it if he's if he is in you know in the right form when you've got Shane Walsh and you've Damien Comer in a full forward line you know or in a forward line Galway have got so many options like does Martin Farher get on it you know on the evidence like obviously on the evidence of yesterday no Dahi Burke was gone with the hurlers like who off their defence gets onto it Kieran Malai get on it you know you've got Brannigan and you've got um, Liam Silk in there as well you've got Liam Silk I think Liam Silk and Ian Burke are the only two guarantees I would go I know I'm a big Malai fan but I would definitely go him as well like Kieran Malai is a number five yesterday but like just we've seen him be so dominant like yeah. he's been their like standard guy I think for three years so I think he definitely has to be accommodated and I think like Brannigan can move up the half forward and be Malloy McDade I think would be a serious it's, wing back option It's probably an attack the last couple of years where Galway have probably fallen off mm. a bit they've become quite defensive themselves Yeah, yeah. they played Brannigan and Heaney as the two working wing forwards now they've Michal Daly at centre forward he's a big rangey fellow who can kick mm. long range scores they're, they're stacked up front Yeah, but I think Porrick Joyce is probably going to play more forwards up front yeah. than actually working players and maybe yeah. not drop as many back. I'm just thinking who, who else would get out maybe those three then you're looking at Kieran Malloy you're looking at Ian Burke and you're looking at you're looking at Ronan Steed making a good case do you think uh, for Galway Ger that they need to be backbone by four or five of these lads who are proven winners 
Do you know what I mean? Or do you think uh, there is a value to that, right? There's an absolute value to it, provided that the club players want to actually play for Galway and they're, and they're willing to put into the Galway setup what they've obviously put into the club. And again, we're, none of us are from Galway, but we, you do hear murmurings that the guys in Cork Finn are more interested in playing for the club than the than playing for uh, the senior to county team but again success breeds success good habits good standards guys being comfortable in playing in big games and winning big games and that can only be good for an inter-county panel yeah. um, does it always transfer in doesn't always transfer in I know again with St Vincent's we had a good run but there's only myself and Dermot were the only ones starting on the team for yeah for a good while but maybe three or four of the fellas in the panel but uh, it doesn't always transfer over the inter-county setup is um, another level again but uh all the guys you mentioned there certainly well certainly Rowan Steed like he 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 surely has to be given a chance in there um, to to see what he's about at that level you know yeah I think so I think there's a the, like they often say that in Leash anytime Leash have been strong it's, they've had four or five Port Leash lads yeah. on it you know and yeah. like no other club in Leash is winning county titles or winning anything yeah. so they don't know how to win anything yeah. if you're if you're being honest without being too harsh like I mean there's only one thing you can win in Leash and that's the county title and Le- Port Leash have won the last thirteen so there's no or Strably have won one in the meantime. Mm. Poor Leash have won 13 or 14 or whatever it is so outside of stra- a few Strably players there's no player in Leash knows anything about winning yeah. maybe outside of a Sigerson Cup or whatever I know Gary Walsh is going well with UCD at the yeah. moment do you take my point though like I mean the final whistle blown and you're used to winning the last five minutes for you you think you're going to win if you're used to it yeah. if you don't win a, if you don't ever win anything the last five minutes you think are we going to throw this away it's it's it's, it's certainly the, the the mental side of things whether some of these fellas uh, have uh, what it takes maybe physically um, uh, and technically to become or step up to senior in the county uh, at certainly the all Ireland stages um, of uh, of a season but mentally you know the thought process is, in many ways is the same preparing for games dealing with the last 10 minutes whether we're up or whether we're down whether we're chasing the game and to be able to draw on that experience and ex- successful experience that Corfin have had that'll only add value to senior to county set up uh, but again it's about these guys wanting to add value to the goal we set up wanting to Im- improve their standings in the uh, the league table so to speak and, yeah. uh, and push on because they do have a great tradition of football in Galway and, and it's just you know Mayo have been kind of muscling in Connacht for the last number of years I know not so much the last couple of seasons but uh, they've been the team to beat but uh, Galway haven't played as well as uh, as they can and they are football and county and I'm sure Paul Joyce would like to play a style of football that Corfian have employed but uh, in the county level again it can be a bit more technical and tactical too but you can be sure they'll face a lot of uh, Corfin, uh, sorry, Eccle Q type setups, you know. The Corfin fellas, in fairness, have every chance to make the Galway team now. Mm. The club's over before the county. Mm-hmm. I watched that yesterday, lads. I didn't once think of St. Patrick's Day. The G, would you be traditionalist? I didn't think it lost anything. It's no. still a great Sunday of All Ireland club finals, and now it's not mixed in the middle of yeah. the inter. If, if it was on St. Patrick's Day, we'd be doing a show, and it would have mostly inter county league, and you do a little bit on the club then. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Now you're doing a full show on the club finals. And now we're done. Intercounty starts now, isn't it? Like, yeah. there's no argument for me. I don't, I don't think so. Like, the only thing is you're playing a final in January, which is but Croke Park. Yeah. Sure, it's the sure I know. It's perfect. And um, there was eight thousand more people there than there was last year. Was there? Yeah, it was twenty five thousand at the game. I think it was seventeen last year. So they're all in, all in yeah. at the parade, really. Here, yeah, well, people <laughs> are free now in yeah. January. There's a there's a slot in in the calendar. Yeah. Here's the All Ireland final. It's not like St Paddy's Day when you can be doing any number of things. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And people are probably hungry for football in Ireland exactly. too, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. After Christmas. No, and, like, that's and, it. and last year was like the 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 sort of Titans. It was Crooks and. 
Corafin. It was like this is the one everybody wanted to see. It was. There that was, was the people. big glamour final. Yeah, yeah more yeah. people wanted to go see a, a northern team. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they, they won't go again if there's a one in it because it was seven all after normal time. Right, lads, we will leave it there. So it's Ronan Steed's performance right, the weekend. Yeah. I don't think anyone even was in the shake up with him. I can't think of anyone who Ga- stood out. Gary Sice stood up. Like, you know, yeah, it did well. A great lockdown, yeah. but you know he's usually a lot more influential than that. You know, I know yeah. but uh, yeah, Ronan Steed, you're the only nomination and you're the only winner. Right, we'll come back and we'll take a look at the Harlem uh, final next. I'd never be allowed to go off in eight and hate a shite like him and go off a slob or whatever. Like, I was always doing a bit. I remember, all I remember is I thought I was going to get clobbered in the way in there. I threw the ball up in there. I don't know, it was, it was pure luck now in fairness. Pure luck. Ah, it's fucking bullshit, have you seen yourselves? So Ballyhill Shamrocks, we talked about Cora Finn being the greatest club team in football, um, Damien Hayes. Ballyhale are without doubt the greatest hurling club. They've now won eight All-Ireland titles, which is more in any code. Nemo Rangers have seven in football. They have eight All-Ireland hurling titles out of nine finals. They've only lost one final, Damien. This is, this is unbelievable stuff. It really is, Colm. It's phenomenal, you know, and... They've become fair belt of talent. You know, this team is after winning two All-Irelands back-to-back. And this is a new team, to be fair, you know, uh, compared to a few years ago. There's an awful lot of younger players. So, Henry Shefflin has come in there and he's completely revitalised the whole setup. And he must have known that there was huge talent in the group as well when he took over the, the Chargers. So he did, and then he's got the older guys, the Finleys and TJ as well, uh, you know, throwing their weight around there and putting in massive shifts. So, it's unbelievable. They've won eight club while Ireland's a small little club uh, with huge tradition and fair play to them and congratulations. Uh, another great win for them and it was their first time to do back-to-back which was huge. Well, that's the thing. So there were huge rivals of years 10 years ago. They stopped you doing three in a row um, back then and like you said, they won two under-21s um, two or three years ago and I suppose that's where the Evan Shefflins and the the Owen Cody's and Adrian Mullins, the two, the couple of Mullins, that's where these lads came in and yeah. gave them a completely new impetus. Exactly. And they're after refreshing the whole thing up. And even before the match, Henry was talking about, you know, lads getting their chance this year that weren't on the team last year to freshen the whole setup up. You know, but it's like this, your, your, your whole base, you know, your, your future comes from your juveniles and they've had success in juveniles. And he said they had the minors and under 21 wins. So they had in, they're after refreshing and, and as I said Chef Henry took over he knew that there was something in, in that batch of players they did and they're after doing two in a row and it's that, it's that group of players they're after doing two in a row which is the first time in their history of doing it and only to say that they lost one final is unbelievable so look at and actually it's, it's gas Club Hurland in Cassini is, is, is very strong there at the moment now senior champions and intermediate champions so you know, it's looking good for Kikini as well this year. You yeah, know? and junior champions as well. They did a full uh, clean sweep. Well, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. I actually forgot that. You're, you're right. So they have no excuses this year. None yeah. at all. Well, we were talking about this actually, Damien. I wonder what your thoughts on it are. It's not really fair with Kilkenny because they've only 12 senior teams. So their 13th team, which is Tullerone, would not be playing the 13th 30, the team in Galway, for example, is a senior team. Do you know what I mean? So they're actually at an advantage um, because they have so many few, not at senior level, they're, they have an advantage at intermediate and junior the, the way it knocks down because they've, they've only 12 senior clubs. Yeah, the 12 senior clubs, but there'll be 12 fairly good clubs. But as you said, yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. There's, 
we'll say their 13th team is, is an intermediate team that won the county championship yeah. where I think in Galway in Galway how many senior uh, teams do you, how many senior teams do you have I think it's I, I don't hold with this but I think it's 12 senior A and 12 senior B and the senior the 12 teams that are in senior B can still win the county championship I get you and yeah and they're uh, and the same then for intermediates and then there's junior A and all usual you know but uh, the se- so there's basically there's long long story short there's basically 24 senior 24. teams 24 so, the, so the, the 13th team in Kilkenny would be playing the 25th team in Galway in the intermediate championship yeah yeah correct so like, I mean yeah correct. definitely correct. yeah which, which, which means the intermediate hurling would be very strong then as, as well down in Kilkenny but yeah the, Galway have a senior A and a senior B and a senior a team in senior B can go on and win the county championship. They right. come in as a preliminary, a preliminary round. But yeah, the twenty-four senior teams in in Galway. It was like we fought relegation last year for Tumla, so we did it against Gort. And you know the media were making it out to be a, a huge thing that we were in a relegation battle. But like if we got beaten, we we just went into senior B, which sometimes can be an advantage column. Right. Where Gort got we, where we beat Gort last year by a point, and it could have went anyway. Right. But Gorter and Senior B this year could go on and win the county championship this year or could be even a bigger advantage where they won't have to play so many you know, of the bigger club teams in the first or second round. I get you. I get you. That, ma- that makes sense. What do you think Henry's going to do? He'll hang around probably and try and win three in a row. I just cannot picture Henry Shefflin. Brian Cody doesn't look like he's going anywhere. I can't picture Henry Shefflin on the sideline managing another county other outside of Kilkenny or being with Ballyhale. Can you? I can't. No, I'm the I'm in the same boat as you. Henry probably will uh, stay around. You know, see the big advantage is with the club scene column is like Henry can become <coughs> stay manager of Valley Hill, <coughs> right? And he can still do his gigs with the Sunday game and all that because he's the whole summer is free. Yeah, and that's the most frustrating part with the whole club system. And we're not going to go all over, but like you have three or four or five months doing nothing. You know, so there's a huge break in the middle. But my own opinion is that Henry will become the the take over from Brian Cody when Brian is ready to hand it over. And that, and I think everyone is kind of saying this: uh, Henry will become the new uh, Kenny manager when Brian is ready to step away. You know, but I hope he doesn't, for Brian's own sake as well. I, ha- I hope he doesn't stay too long. Yeah, yeah. Well, Henry's there in the waiting. Henry has Jesus. Shall we know what he was like as a player? A phenomenal uh, record, and he just took over. A legend. He's too. He's a a legend. And he's two club all Irelands in two years. (laughs) Like I mean, the the Belly Hale for all their all Irelands, they never retained it. You know, they've retained it now. Yeah, Yeah. and you know, they didn't do it. You know, they didn't do it either way either. You know, they did a tough semi final and and, uh, Boris Lee getting lost with as well yesterday. So they put. I think Henry will be will be odds on hot favourite to become the next Kilkenny manager. But as I said, I just I just hope the likes of Brian Cody doesn't overstay his welcome. If that makes sense, I hope lads know what I mean by that. Yeah, no, I think you're saying that respectfully enough. Uh, Henry's brother Tommy has taken over <coughs> the Kilkenny Camogie team now. So whether that may, does anything for Henry's decision um, to stay on, I, I still don't think it will. I think Tommy was t- doing the physical. Um, work with them. He's got managerial experience. He's, he was a Carrick shock. Um, Michael Fenley is kind of talking about finishing up. He says, I'm suffering uh, a bit with my grinds and my hips. Over the last few weeks, I've realised this is a young man's game and I'm only ter- or I'm 35 in a couple of weeks. My time is nearly done now. I'm not sure I'll finish well, the, off. Nor the, will big, I- the, big thing, the big thing with it is, Colin, right? I retired myself this year from the hurling, right? And anyone that's listening to this will understand what I mean. You know, you get older and for me, the power has gone out of my body. 
and it's it's a hard thing to explain. You know, you're you're taking on lads and you're horsing into tackles and you're able to break the tackle and just for me personally, the power is all my body. And I say it's the same thing. And you, every little belt and every every little injury takes longer to heal and, and takes longer to recover. So it comes to a stage where you just get sick of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I, I understand exactly what Michael Finley is saying. But that's it. But Michael Finley, thought he came back from a seven-month injury to come back this year, which was a, a, an incredible thing considering the injury problems he's had. He says the enjoyment is kind of going out of it, to be honest. is a bit of a drain going training when your body is suffering each and every time. Now, this is in the last two years when they've won two All-Ireland clubs. So, like, I mean, I'd say, Michael Finley, if he's not enjoying this or it feels like a drain considering the two years he's had, well, I'd imagine that could be the end of Michael Fenley. Even though he was very good yesterday, I know Jerry Kelly got a, a lot of scores, but they were phenomenal scores. Jerry Kelly got. We'll talk about that in a while. But Michael Fenley, again, as usual, did the simple things right. They dominated the half back line in the air, and he used he just used the ball lovely with a few little short passes whenever he needs to. Yeah, well, Michael Finley, I think, was one of the biggest losses to Brian Cody's setup when he retired and he finished up. And I really mean that Michael Finley has always been a, a brilliant player. So he has, but yeah, as you said. Very cool on the ball, you know, uh, doesn't get excited, very relaxed, showed huge leadership there, especially in the half-back line, especially in the in the second half, uh, near the last 15 minutes when it was required. And Lucas, uh, he's he's managing awfully, which is a huge benefit to him as well. You know, he'll bring huge enthusiasm there, but um, uh, he's just a super player, another great player. He's up there with the likes of uh, Henry as well, so yes. He's up there with the greats. Uh, like, there's no doubt about that. We'll definitely get try and get Michael Fenley on the show um, during the course of the league to see how he's getting on um, in Offaly. There was a nice uh, moment in the dressing room after the game where the players took um, took pictures with Eugene Aylward, Aylward the play, a teammate of theirs that died. Um, you know, I think Owen Doyle, another teammate that died. They, like, I mean, a lot of the talk was about all the the community members that Boris Lee had lost, but Bally Hale have had. Tragedies as well, and what they did with Owen Doyle last year is that they had his jersey in the dressing room and took pictures with it. And this year they've done the same, the same um, with Eugene. So that's a that's a very nice touch. He obviously uh, was number nineteen, was the jersey he wore. So that was in the dressing room after the game. And um, Henry was talking after the game. He says a lovely touch from the GEA. Now I'm not sure what GEA he's talking about. People say the GEA. Do they mean the county board? Do they mean the Leinster councillor? Do they, you know? Do they mean uh, up in Croke Park? But they gave to the Doyle family and the Aylward family and the Cullen family they gave um, they, they were offered tickets um, and a corporate box so they're all up watching the game together so that was a really nice thing to read Yeah well that is nice you know to be honest like, uh, to see even the lads taking photographs and even putting these jersey I, I, I like to hear them stories you know because you never like to hear anyone being forgotten you know and like, we, we had it we had it in our own club as well my own brother died Keith Gorge Murphy you know and he's like he mightn't be there, but he'll never be forgotten, you know, and it's the yeah. same way with them players, you know, and they, you know, you have to remember, club is all about family, and like, there was a lot of them players playing yesterday, and them lads were their friends, like, you know, and you, you don't want to forget that either, you know, and often, occasion like that, Colm, you know, it's a great moment to win a club all Ireland, but it can often be a very sad occasion, you know, for some, yeah. so it is, but, but I, I just, I didn't know that that happened, Right, and that's actually lovely to hear, and it's lovely to say that that did happen. And fair play to everyone involved. That's all. I, I take my hands off and say well done to everyone who was involved in doing that. And that's a lovely touch, and fair play to everyone. Yeah, that's in, that's interesting that it can be a sad day as well, and maybe all the emotions of who's not there 
come back to you. I, I never, I didn't win one. So, like, I mean, I was close enough at one stage, but uh, you've it, won it, them. It, 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 it is. It happened. Like, it happened with us, you know. Keith was my brother, you know, and he was my close, you know, he was the closest age to me. And, like, we did everything together. So, all of a sudden, you're going up with your whole family wanting to win it. Uh, in all Ireland and it's no different to these Ballyhale lads or, or even if it was any different to say for the Borussia lads you know and next thing all of a sudden you win and memories go back you know to Chief if you know if Keith was there or what would he been like or where he been playing next thing you get the family photographs <coughs> with you with the cup and you're, you know there's one missing you know so you know as I said Colin it, it can be often be a great day and you know uh, uh, great memories and all that but you know it just can be a sad occasion for a few moments for for certain family members. So I, I always think of them as well. But I, just on the, what you have to tell me about the photographs and the, the Valley Hill players, they didn't forget them. And that's so important and fair play to them. You know, I, I, I love that. And that's all about friendship and memories. Yeah, and you're right. Club is family and maybe the thing is highlighted with club, you know, and community and things like that and all are on club day. Quick one there, Damien. I know you're a traditionalist like myself. I didn't. I didn't watch those games yesterday and think of St Patrick's Day at all. I just watched them and enjoyed two All Ireland Club finals. Did it, did, it, did, it, did you did it lose anything for you? That it wasn't on St Patrick's Day. I, would, I, I wouldn't say it lost anything, but it was extremely weird. You know, Club All Ireland final on in the basically the middle of January. It just it was different. But no, oh geez, I thought were you know even the football game it was an intriguing game. You know, it was very strange, low score and all. But the hurling, ah, oh, it was a great game, hurling to be fair. You know, and a lot of people thought that it would be a one-way. You know, with Bally Hale, you know, would would beat Boris Lee, but I knew with Johnny Kelly being over the Boris Lee lads, and he's a Pertumna man, that yeah. he'd have the lack well tuned in. You know, and I actually thought it was a great game of hurling. You know, at the very end of the game, Boris Lee could have got a goal, so they could have where they threw a hand pass, and it was just a little bit too long. So it was, and they had an opportunity for a goal, maybe about two minutes to go. Like, and uh, I tell you, it, I thought it was a great game of hurling, and. I thought there were two great semi-finals, so um, I, I had no issue with the, the club in Ireland. It was a little bit weird, that's yeah. all, but, uh, but it was two, two, two great games. Come here, what about Johnny Kelly? He seems to be a, sh- a shrewd enough sort of operator. Ah, yeah, he, Johnny, sure, Johnny's been involved in Hurling uh, all his life, so he hasn't. Like, he, tra- he trained those and managed those, so he did with Pertumna, you know, and yeah. uh, he's, been, uh, he's been around the block for a long time, so he hasn't. Uh, like I, I was at the county final, so I was, and I was at the north final as well. Like Tipperary's only over the road, you know, and uh, they got beaten in the north final yeah. by Kiladangan. You know, and next thing it was like they had a meeting or something, you know, and basically there was stuff said and they came out. So they did in the quarter final, semi final, and beat Nina and the all and got to the county final and won it. Johnny likes to play a sweeper, so he does. He's a bit yeah. like Davy. He likes to play a sweeper, and you know, it's all right playing a sweeper, but. You have to know how to play that system, and these teams are able to play that system, and they played very intelligent. And he turned out that Boris Lee team unbelievably well. And you know they weren't that far away from winning. Some some people thought they'd get hammered, like yeah, no, you know, geez, they, they deserve he, a lot of credit. We'll talk about the game in a minute because they could have gone yeah. away. It was no. ten, it was sixteen ten at one stage, and you thought they were gone. If a goal for Ballyhale and it could have yeah. been embarrassing, but they bloody they showed exactly. a lot, they showed a lot of they showed a lot of heart. One or two more quick Johnny, ones. Johnny was with. Johnny went for the, the Galway job as well uh, maybe just before me had through time he got an interview like in, you don't get an interview 
without having the credits behind your name, you know, for the job. So he did, he did a great job. Well done, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. He's in with Michael Fenley, obviously, now in Offaly. So that'll be interesting to see how that works out. They, yeah. they look like they have a fantastic young uh, team um, there, Offaly do. Come here, Owen Cody tweeted this morning about Owen Reid, and I didn't realise what a decorated player Owen Reid is. So he's five All-Ireland Club medals. He has more All-Ireland Club medals than any other club in the country. How many do you have? Port Humla have four, don't they? And Burr have four. Yeah, we have four. We yeah. have four, so, yeah. So Owen Reid on his own have five. He's 16 All-Irelands in total. He's three Fitzgibbon Cups. He has four count, uh, He has four All-Irelands with Kilkenny. He has five Club All-Irelands. He has one minor All-Ireland with Kilkenny. He has one Colleges with the school. He has one under 21 All-Ireland and he has a fail All-Ireland. 16 All-Ireland titles. Hmm. And that's a man that wouldn't be. He's not. He's not. His, his name isn't thrown around nationally um, uh, with with a medal hall like that. Unbelievable hall of medals, and you know, at the end of the day, when you finish up your career, it's nice to say that you're involved in all these teams. And uh, like as I said, uh, it's a good one now for TJ. It definitely, it definitely is. I want to give a mention to this intermediate final because this was on YouTube on Saturday and this is one of the most unbelievable games that, you, that you'll ever see. So Father O'Neill's went to 1-4 to a point up early in the game. Then Tullerone replied with 1-4 of their own to no score and they took the lead at 2-5 to 1-6 um, at half time. Then Father O'Neill's came out, scored two goals in a minute and they went into a 4-8 to 2-9 lead. Then Tullerone came back and uh, with a, a, an 11 point swing to go five up. Then Father O'Neill's came back and drew it level. And then Shane O'Neill, uh, fairy tale stuff, the Tullerone captain came up with the winning score um, to win it for Tullerone. So I don't know if you can keep up with all that, so, but it's, it's uh, completely breathless stuff altogether in Croke Park. And Shane Walsh, incidentally, we had Porrick Walsh on the show here recently and he said that his brother Shane canvassed to be captain early, or during, the, during the winter and he, uh, he wanted to be captain and he, he ended up being captain and he, he made a fairly colourful speech after the game and thanks to TG Cahar, who obviously their coverage uh, of the club season is, is absolutely brilliant um, we'll give you a little taste of his w- winning speech next to me old boss who's giving me next two weeks off <laughs> to Mike Lee Motors lads if there's ever a place you want to buy a car <laughs> I'll be there not the next two weeks after that I'll be there next day on to the people of Tullerone I know for a fact, for the next year, I won't have to put my hand in my pocket for a pint because you're going to buy him. <laughs> so I was thinking, Damien, that you have a lot in common with Shane Walsh. So you're both corner forwards. You're both All-Ireland club winners. You both sell cars. You're both very good talkers. And you both like to plug the garage that you work for um, at every opportunity. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But see, I, I don't think I plug it as much as... Uh, uh, he plugged his garage, you know, where I, I, I've I often mentioned Al Hayes Moors and we give the Al Hayes Moors dot com and I'll mention there as well. <laughs> but, but, but Colm, uh, I thought, his teeth was hilarious to, a, to an extent, you know, and it was nearly a case of uh, he didn't know when to stop tanking uh, people, but on the captaincy, he told a story, I, I watched it there on Instagram, that... Uh, he basically told the boys that he was living with a few of the boys in the house and he told the boys messenger he was going wanting captain and he was going to do captain this year and next thing all of a sudden the boys said he was canvassing and he ended up getting it and he was trying to explain this so he was after the match in one of his post-match speeches but um, 
oh stop he was thanking lads for holidays and not having to put his hands in his pocket to buy a few drinks in two weeks time but oh it was just just hilarious but, and I just want to say as well Colin well done to TG Carr as well on their coverage of the, the whole thing it was absolutely brilliant and the match itself the match was hugely entertaining it was absolutely brilliant to us it was real challenge match stuff you know and you're, you're talking about sometimes attacking soccer uh, it was just endless and it was score after score after score so it was a great game on. yeah it's very rare a game kind of ebbs and flows by that much both teams going ahead being pegged back going ahead being pegged back but I would say the main sponsor for Tullerone won't be too happy with Shane Walsh um, they could be get, he could be getting a phone call off them because the, his, his boss was well, the very, well, was the very I, first I, one mentioned yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean, and and it's the truth. Like you know, you, like you get mentioned to other people, and I suppose it's like anything. You know, with a club sponsor, it's the club sponsor that's sponsoring the club, so he's and pumping money into the club, and uh, his name is on the jersey, and you'd be hoping that he'd be getting uh, the recognition, or maybe the only recognition on the day. And I and I can understand that from because our garage had his more sponsors for some of it, so I understand if someone had an issue with it. But his his speech was hilarious, but. Uh, Hopefully, the main club sponsor wouldn't mind other uh, businesses being mentioned in a stuff. I'd say, I'd say, yeah, I'd, I'd say Shane will get a, a get a pass because he's such a great character, and you could tell that he was a great. He made the speeches. <clears throat> to be honest, his speech was fairly boring. It's what he made of it. He tanked as many people as Stephen Cluxton tanks. It's just he 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 put his own twist on everybody that he tanked, which was yeah, which yeah. was real, fantastic. He comes across as a real character. He does. He does. He, def- he definitely does. I wouldn't mind going for. I wouldn't mind going for a pint with all the Walshes if I'm being honest. Down in Tullerone someday, if I'm ever. Uh, <laughs> I say that. I say that could happen. <laughs> could be well or easily organised alright come here we want to talk about this uh, main game here because we mentioned that Boris Ali fought to the very end they could have gone away and they didn't and with 58 minutes gone there was only two points in it well this is it they fought to the very end they didn't give in real turning point um, Colin was Ballyhale got three to four points at the very end of the first half and they were telling stores they, they ended up being big scores for them but I, I, I was really impressed with uh, Boris Lee they absolutely gave it everything Brendan Maher leading from example to back six points four frees and two from play and then you have to give a mention just you know it's not every day a player goes out in Crow Park on Club All-Ireland Day and he ends up scoring seven points so he does you know six from play and one sideline you know and that was Jerry Kelly he was just absolutely brilliant you know and I was even saying it to a guy here in the show today like if that was Joe Cannon or that was uh, Patrick Horgan or Shamey Canlon or TJ Reid they get two page spread you know about that performance like that was unbelievable you know and it was the skill level that he has is unbelievable even though the unbelievable score in the second half we got and he shimmies and spun and drove us straight over the bar he, he's a great player sis. No, he's yeah. absolutely brilliant Ah, uh, he is. He's a leader. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm signed up to the Jerry Kelly fan club. I've said this uh, throughout the Munster Championship, and not for the reasons he showed yesterday. For the class, just because he's a wholehearted player, he puts his body on the line. He put, he throws himself about, and I didn't realize that he could do what he did yesterday. I didn't realize he was as as. Uh, brilliant I suppose as some of the scores yeah. he got and it was the array, <coughs> array of scores some of them were exactly yeah. Caught, yeah caught a puck out and without even looking it's over the bar it's a sideline ball over the bar another one then is from an impossible angle in front of the Cusick's, in front of the canal end and then another one is like the one you're mentioning where he kind of dummy soloed it and brought it back to into his hand and stuck it over into the hill like I mean and that was at the pressure end of the game it was just an all round unbelievable performance and he didn't deserve to be on the losing team 
no, and, and as I said to you, it was, it's great. Often Co Park can just pass you by, especially on Club All Ireland final day, uh, Colin, because there isn't as much of a crowd there as we'll say on the big All Ireland final day. But he took it from the scruff of the neck. Like he, he had three points over the bar within, I'd say, the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Had. And as I said, I, I, it's always lovely to see a player, you know, that wouldn't be a household name, really showing his array of skills. You know, and like he sidelined the ball over the bar as well, which was unbelievable. So it was there yesterday from you know a tight angle and went straight over the bar. So you know you'd be delighted just for him. He got to showcase his skills in Crow Park. It was just disappointing maybe that they didn't win it after putting in a performance like that. But it was some performance and a performance that he he will ha- he'll be able to treasure forever. So he's a small little turning point there was just before half time as well. Um, I don't want to be hard on James Devaney. He's in. He looks like he's he's going to be a brilliant player. He's got a, a phenomenal speed. But he went for a goal from 21 yards yeah. out and blazed a wide yeah. and from the puck out then TJ got a pint. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. that yeah. was a bit of a swing. It was. He, he, got, he got the ball, he got hand pass and I think he was, from just watching on TV, it looked like he was actually going to go for a pint and next thing he realised he had a bit of room, right? And next thing he decided he'd go for it. Would you blame him for going for that? No, no I wouldn't. Yeah, when you get an opportunity up there, I wouldn't blame him. He's only a young lad as well and you know, it was a big occasion for him and, he's a, and he is an upcoming talent with great pace and all that. But he went for it. So I wouldn't, I w- you wouldn't give out to anyone for going for it. But what I reckon he was trying to do is he was trying to put it in the top right-hand corner of the net and yeah. it, it kind of sliced off his hurl and went wide. And then the resulting took out landed straight down to TJ and he, and he drove over the bar. So it, it was, it, it, it could have been a pint up one end and instead it was a four-pint uh, turnaround down the far end. You know, so... Yeah. Look, it, it, when you're when you're fighting against the odds, uh, Colin, when you're playing a team like Ballyhale, you need all them scores to go over. Yeah, you 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 just need them. And uh, as I said, it was a four points turnaround at the end of the game um, in the first half, and I think Ballyhale went in four points up at half time, and uh, that was that was a huge moment in the game. And they were wasteful enough, I thought, Boris Lee in the second half. They were hitting a lot of aimless ball to a full forward line that wasn't even there, and yeah. Even, Brendan Maher had gone into the forwards I think I think he moved up forward but he was up there a lot anyways and he hit a few into the goalie's hands and it seemed like the, they seemed like they, they had they, they'd kind of lost it completely until the late rally then Brendan Maher ended up getting a couple of unbelievable scores and Jerry Kelly as well and then suddenly they're back in it but Boris Ali would probably look at that game and say that we didn't play that well in it No they didn't uh, did, you know, well, it's not that they didn't play well they gave it everything but what happened was come. They, they were under so much pressure and they were trying to get into the game the full forward line had come out so they had and next thing when the ball went in there was no one in there yeah. which, you know and that's, that's what was happening but like T, T, it took T, a great score from TJ really to kind of push them over the line and also he won a mighty free at the very end of the match yeah. Boris Lee, Lee had them rattled down you know and, and that is the best way to describe it, had them rattling and it was just a pity that they couldn't have just got a couple of more scores like they missed a couple of scores well early in the match as well Bursley, you know, and all them added up to this. But um, they had them rattles. I'm telling you, Bursley, Bursley gave it everything and fair play to them. Like, you know, they gave it, but Bally Hale came out on top and they probably did deserve it, you know. But I tell you one thing, Bursley can be very proud of their performance and very proud of their whole All-Ireland campaign so they can. Oh, they definitely can. I thought their half-forward line, Kieran Maher, who was so good the last day and the two Kennys, they didn't play well and they couldn't win their own puck-outs and they ended up having to abandon pucking it out long because the the Bally Hill half back line were so dominant and then was it Kevin or Kieran Maher um, or Kevin Maher they brought out around the midfield and he started looking for short puck outs because they were being destroyed on their own puck out 
Yeah, the war. They didn't. They didn't win what we call the half back line, half forward line exchanges. And the Kinnies, they 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 had big games now. They and that's where they went to. You know, their go to ball against St Thomas in the semi final. So and they didn't win the half back line challenges. So basically, it was game plan B. I'd say Johnny had a different thing where he'd maybe go short and see how they work the ball up. You know, and but the big thing as well, Colin, when you're doing your your own half forward line ball, especially in Crow Park with a club team, it can get very difficult. And that's why I would say. When they weren't able to do that, the full force was coming out for Boris Lee and then there was no one inside. But then they had the late rally. And as I said, they, they could have got a goal at the very, very end with, say, with about maybe two minutes to go where they just overcooked the hand pass. And yeah. if they got that into the hand and they scored a goal, you wouldn't know what could have happened. And they were there and there about up to the end. It was as good as club final that had been played in many years. Uh, up in Crow Park and it was tight and it was close and it was exciting Yeah because in a, a lot of the time the hurling finals are damn squibs altogether other than the Piercing and Kula which was a f- a two brilliant finals two years ago usually one team I don't know why wins it fairly well Yeah like Ballyhale won the Club of Ireland last year against St Thomas and, ah, and they yeah. won it handy you know where this year it was completely different you know and it can happen it, it does happen so does where the football is often the opposite, it can be very close. But I, I don't know why. I don't know why it, it, it just can happen that way. Um, Column sometimes maybe a stage fright for some club players. Yeah, or whatever. could be but that. Could be I, that. Yeah, but, thank, but thankfully this year, this year's club All Ireland, I, I thought it was a really good game. To be honest. No, I thought it was. It definitely was. There's some brilliant scores. I think because some of the Borussia forwards didn't play up to. the the level they usually did they were very very dependent on Brendan Maher and Jerry Kelly like uh, you know for scores not enough not enough of the Boris Elite in, in fact only four of their players scored you know so like I mean it's not enough yeah, of a, you're right. it's not enough of a spread whereas Ballyhale like sure they can hurt you from anywhere like they're not far off a county team if we're being honest when you look at you look at Owen Cody in the corner Colin Fenley full forward Owen Reid with all his dec- all his medals in the corner then TJ Brian Cody and Adrian Mullen there's just such a spread of and then obviously in the first half Patrick Mullen completely kept them in the game when it looked like Boris Lee had started brilliantly and, and just on that Patrick Mullen he got two points so he did with the weirdest strike over his shoulder yeah not even looking actually, not even looking with his back turned to the goal and there were two <laughs> unbelievable there were two unbelievable scores and I often say like if it was TJ to score that and he's a left hand on top you'd be ranting and raving ball and jeez his back was turned to the goal yeah it was just like you know, and he's the spit of the brother as well. So he is, you know. But all in Ballyhale, they've all played um, college as well, and they've all played underage for county. So yeah, you could tell there, there, there was a bit of a class now to a lot of their players. The, yeah. the Ballyhale by you know. So you know, there, there is there is hurlers still in Kilkenny. Like there was a there was talk two or three years ago that Kilkenny had no maybe hurlers to pick from regarding the county. But geez, there, there's still lots of them out there in the club scene for Kilkenny. Yeah, no, there, defi- there definitely is. Um, should Brendan Maher and Dan McCormick have been sent off in the first half? I think Dan McCormick should have been sent off. Brendan Maher, it's up open to interpretation. He was fairly high with the shoulder. Ah, I wouldn't have sent him off. No. Just, just being honest, you're asking me, I thought it was Brendan Maher's shoulder was, was fair. I don't like to see any lads getting sent off. No. So, as you're asking me a question, I would have sent either of them off. Well, okay, Brent, Brendan Maher, a mistimed shoulder, you'd say, fair enough, you'd, there'd be a, a, an argument about that. I'd be on the same lines as you, that you, that would be okay on a yellow card. But Dan McCormick grabbed the helmet, and not only was he pulling the helmet yeah. off Adrian Mullen, he broke his hurl <laughs> off his legs. Okay, well, the whole argument there is, Colin, right? Oh, I'm glad you mentioned the whole helmet thing, right? Okay, I'll answer it this way. If, if, if you're not allowed 
to um, touch someone else's helmet. You know, it's meant to be a rule in the book, right? That if you touch an opposition's helmet, it's meant to be a, a direct, straight red card, right? So if, if that is the rule, yeah, Dan McCormick should have got sent off because he did pull it, right? But the, all the other referees are going to have to because there is other lads messing with helmets too when they be going through with the ball or especially under a high ball or hitting helmets and all that. But uh, I, I, I wouldn't have sent him off. I'm just going to but the whole helmet thing, it's either a sending off or it's not and the referees just need to start it. But uh, I wouldn't have sent either of the two players off. You know, even though I, th- I would say this about McCormick, that time, I thought it was a stupid challenge. I thought he could have defended it a little bit better just on that particular uh, piece of play. But the Brendan Maher one, I thought Brendan Maher hit your man a, a fairly, fairly good shoulder. You know, as the man says, met him straight on shoulder to shoulder. I didn't think there was much malice in it. It was a bit frontal. It was a little bit frontal. Yeah, he was a little bit lighter as well. He hit the deck a little bit um, easy. So I wouldn't have sent any of them off, Colin. We might disagree. We might disagree on this one, but I wouldn't have sent any of them off. What, uh, this, obviously, you've played hurling so long. Uh, for Explain to me for a man who's never played hurling, to have a hurl broken off your leg. How, like, I would just imagine somebody came up to me and broke a hurl off my leg. Well, I, I might need a year's recuperation after that. It depends on how good the ash is. <laughs> <laughs> If it's if it's imported ash, or if it's the homegrown ash, so it's but ash. I've often got a hurl broken off me. Sometimes in the break column, they break up around the middle of the hurl, which means it's not um, right. It, it 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 wouldn't be that sore, you know. But well, it, it would leave a mark on your leg, and it would uh, you know it would bruise, or you'd have that bit of uh, the blood stain mark on it, or whatever. But you just you just get on with it like this, you know. It's it's a part of the game, you, you know. It's a man's game, but. Um, the so, mostly when you if you did get it, if you did get it, it the hole would break in the middle. Right, so it looks it, it looks worse than it is. The higher up the say, if you get the middle of the hurl on the leg, it'll warp and break, but it's not as sore as yeah. as, it, as it might sound. Exactly, like you take for example, was, I remember years ago, um, Brian Quinn from Clare did a great photograph of himself and Eugene Clunan where he tackles Eugene Clunan and the hurl is broke across Eugene Clunan's forehead, but it's in the middle of the hurl again, <laughs> right. and. And then, and then there's another one, if you can remember, lads might remember, Parag Maher coming out to challenge, I don't know if it was against Limerick or, or Cork one year, and he challenged your man and he broke the middle of the hurl again across your man's helmet, kind of. You know, so it's the weakest part of the hurl um, where we call, where some people like to have a spring. So it's the weakest yeah. part of the hurl. So every time you bend the hurl, it weakens the middle of it, so it breaks up. So. Sometimes it looks way worse than it, than it is. Well, here's another question now. Now that we're on the hurls, and these are the conversations I like to have with you. Why you don't see lads do? You don't see lads doing it as much anymore. You know where? I don't know. Years ago, you'd always see lads testing out the hurl where they'd, they'd hold it at one end and then they'd push down the middle of it, like they're trying to mm. not trying to snap it. Why, why don't lads do that anymore? Why don't you see lads doing that anymore? Or do they? Or do I just not notice it? No, no, they. they the reason, the reason for that is if, when you do that, you're weakening the hurl. And some lads like a spring where now there's no really need for a spring because there's, there's no, everything has moved on. There's no scientific reason why you should have a spring and not a spring. So if you're going doing a line ball, when you do that with your hurl, you're weakening the middle of it, uh, right. column. Right. So, so uh, I remember, you're, you're, I, I say one of the, the views that you have in your head is like the Pete Finnerty years ago when he used to take line balls, he'd been the hurl twice. And then he'd, he'd go, or Jerry McInerney, but uh, no, you just, you just don't do it because you're weakening your hurl and you could have a lovely hurl. You could have to score a couple of pints or, or whatever, you know, and it could be your favourite hurl. But you, 
You don't. You just won't because you're weak in it. That's so, the so what, what, what did they think they were doing? Like, what, what was the myth back then that that used to give you a bit of bend to get under the ball or something? Or something like that. I I honestly don't know. I'd say that's exactly it to give him a bend to get under it. But I don't think there was any advantages. I put it to you. I didn't see um, Jerry Kelly been in the hurl yesterday when he was sidelining his ball over the bar. No, so he didn't no. push. That, that, that's, that's, the, that's the whole logic behind it. No, you don't see anyone bending it because you're weak in it. Yeah. You just picture it. It's like you have a sweep brush. You have a sweep brush and you're trying to bend the middle of it. Like it could snap on you. And how many times has it happened over the years? You see lads doing it and, and the hurl would snap and next thing you go look for a replacement to take a, a line ball. So. That, that's the reason for it, Colin. There's, Madness, no, there's, yeah. no, there's no reason there's no reason to bend the hurt. No. Because it doesn't do anything for you. All right, okay. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up because that's something that was on my mind, uh, Damien. Come here, performance of the weekend before we go on. I think we've covered most of this. TJ Reid, obviously. Uh, only, go on. There's only, there's only one. There's only one performance of the week and, and give, give him, hats off to him and give him his day in the sun and, and that's Jerry Kelly. Yeah. And that, that's for me. That, give him his Give him his day. Every 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 person needs their day in the sun. And as I said, yeah, what he did yesterday for a club like Boris Lee, he scored seven points in a club at Ireland, and he wasn't the free taker. Yeah, six from play in the sideline. The, the sideline was phenomenal, and that's not the only time he scored sidelines. He scored sidelines right throughout the Munster Championship as well. He's well able to do that. Like I mean, it was it was just it was. The dummy, the dummy. I don't know why we don't see more hurlers doing dummy solos like that. TJ Reid does it at, at times. Uh, you know where you throw the ball up and and it's a dumb, You call it a dummy solo in Gaelic football. Yeah. I don't know if you've got a name on it even in hurling, but there's so when you see it working so well, you wonder why you don't see it more often. Yeah, you show you show you show him the dummy. So yeah. basically, the, the pass came across. He caught it with the hand. He threw it up, pretending he was going to hit it. He he controls and pulled it back into his body real quick. He done the swivel, right? And he favoured his right-hand side, swivelled back onto his right on the spin and drove it straight over the bar. And the big thing with that whole movement was he drove the ball. It was like an arrow going straight over the bar. It, it didn't lob or anything like that. And he, he, as, you, as we just said, his array of scores were brilliant. And as I said, you know, it's nice that we're talking about the likes of Jerry Kelly there today instead of the TJ Reeds or the Michael Finleys or the Colin Finleys or the Brendan Maher or all these, we call them county household names. You know, and he, he showed his skills and he showed that he, he actually carried Burst Lee there for a, a long, long period of that game and kept them in the game. And as I said, if maybe they got one or two chances where they got opportunities for goals and took them, you would never know what happened. But it was an outstanding performance for him yesterday. And all I can say is well done and congratulations. Yeah, he was absolutely phenomenal. So he, no, he, listen, he was the one I was going to pick. Um, there's no doubt about that. That was just riot or over stuff. Other nominations were Shane Walsh. Um, Tullerone he got 5 from play uh, 4 frees yeah, in a 65 brilliant. which is brilliant brilliant scoring again and that was the winning score and he set up a few goals as well Shane was so it was a brilliant performance and he's been scoring heavily I'll be interested to see whether he's county uh, county level it looks to me to be a bit of a character whether Brian Cody likes characters like that or not although Tommy, Tommy Walsh is a character too I think all the Walshes are and it's not like they didn't play for Kilkenny so maybe um, Shane will push on from captaining his club to an intermediate title and maybe you know maybe be called in for to the Kilkenny squad or but Tommy 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 Wise is a character but it also helps because he was a very good hurler. Oh yeah, well the the greatest. The greatest. You you've marked you've marked you've marked Tommy plenty of times, right? Yeah. Tommy broke a hurl 
<laughs> if you look it up on YouTube, you see Tommy. Just something that you might on about you know breaking the hurl in the middle. I remember Tommy breaking the hurl last. Uh, so he did off Andrew Smith in the Leinster final one time. Oh, he was marking him as right. Yeah, did Smith bring yeah, him into just, the, just, Smith? Smith brought him into it, the full it, fo- it, into the full backline. Did he? Was that in an All Ireland final? Or I remember Tommy Walsh playing. No, no, just and, no. And, Andy was wing forward and he was wing back. Right, so he was, and and just the ball came and he broke the. He, he brought the hurling across and stuff. We won a free NS. So I'm just thinking back to the All Ireland final in 2012. Isn't that when ye drew with Kilkenny? Was that 12? Yeah. That 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever ye had on Tommy Walsh that day brought him from the from wing back and brought him in on into the cornerback. Because I was looking at the match. I was at the match thinking, geez, would you not think Brian Cody had switched Tommy back out to wing back? He stuck back in the corner. Do you remember that? No. Yeah, I don't know who was he marking. She's had. I, I, I don't know who he's marking. He was marking Sir Donlan. Sir Donlan, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, brought him brought him in around yeah, see, there. See, me and Sir used to play in the same side of the field. And I used to play corner forward and I used to be kind of going in and out. So that that's probably what happened. He was probably told to man-mark um, Sir. And Sir probably went in, so he was just probably went in for a few minutes and then he was back out or whatever. You know, right, was, right. No, that no, was just... That's what happens. Okay, okay. So yeah, Shane Walsh uh, set up a few goals as well. Martin Keown scored two one. He's obviously a county player already for Tullerone. But that's it. Performance of the weekend has to be Jerry Kelly. Um, absolutely brilliant p- performance from a very likable player. And that's it. That's all we have time for. And that's all our club coverage done for the year until the county finish up. We're going to be back on Thursday. We're going to split out the hurling and the football shows again. And we'll start on Thursday with a league preview. So we'll talk to you then. Good luck. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. <laughs>